Hi, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion like we saw from the sermon written by Pastor Mike this past weekend. We know that we make disciples who will then make disciples. The sacred conversations should beget other sacred conversations. Think of this as andragogy, where you're also teaching someone how to teach. When we don't only pray with someone to receive Christ, but we then equip him or her to go lead others to Christ, the gospel grows multiplicatively. That's incredible. Oftentimes, you just can't stop this. You don't even need to train them to do it. Right? You, might, you don't even need to correct error <laughs> as rookie theologians go out and sort of make stuff up about the gospel when they're confronted with questions they don't have enough Bible knowledge to answer. But man, even then, I've seen the Holy Spirit just moves in, in, in the lives of, of rookie Christians where they have this fervor about them that those of us who've been walking with Christ for decades sometimes kind of need to get back in touch with and we wish that we had. Uh, their faith has yet to be tested to a full extent, and they've yet to be through those dry seasons. But man, they're probably more in touch with what's true than you and I are. And so when we lead people to Christ, the process is not complete until the evangelized evangelizes. Right? Physically, you reach maturity when you are able to reproduce. And the same is true of a Christian. They reach maturity when they are able to reproduce. Do you remember... At the end of our series, Reason for Hope, and going into the series, Behold the Harvest, the big glass jars of marbles showing what would happen if every Christian just led one person to Christ who would then go lead another person to Christ. In three years' time, we would grow at an exponential rate, whereupon, after four years, the number of Christians in Seattle would outnumber the number of people in Seattle. This is critical. It's why we do our small groups model the way that we do, wherein groups beget groups that will beget groups. And it's why we evangelize evangelists. It's why we don't just share the gospel, but we also equip them to go out and share their faith with others. Luke's gospel. Haven't heard from Luke's gospel a lot because we focused on the gospel of Matthew. I would cross-reference to Luke just to show parallels or even perceived contradictions between the texts. But we haven't really zoomed in on a passage from Luke in a while. So here is the story of Jesus resurrected, meeting with his disciples. Luke 24, 36. As they were saying these things, he himself stood in their midst. He said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. Why are you troubled, he asked them, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have such flesh and bones as you can see I have. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they were still amazed and in disbelief because of their joy, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. I'm telling you, man, food's a big deal to God. He's eating the piece of broiled fish to show them, I'm not a ghost. I have flesh and I have bones. He told them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. I love that, that particular call out of the Psalms. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He also said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. 
You are witnesses of these things. And look, I'm sending you what my father promised. As for you, stay in the city until you are empowered from on high. So these are almost the final words of the Gospel of Luke. And it was an empowering of these imperfect disciples who were even struggling with doubt. And when they saw Jesus, their theology goes out the window. They're like, it's a ghost. (laughs) And so Jesus asks them about their own doubts in that moment. But he tells them that they're going to be empowered from on high. We saw this in Acts chapter 1, particularly in verse 8. So these ragtag, imperfect disciples who didn't get their theology right, not even face-to-face with the resurrected Jesus, who struggled with doubt even face-to-face with the resurrected Jesus, these are the ones who be sent out from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the way over here to the end of the earth from that perspective. And history was broken in half. They were being commissioned. They were being sent out. And they were being sent out to send others out. The book of Titus is incredibly powerful because it's not just Paul telling Titus, here's how to be a good pastor. It was Paul telling Titus to go and ordain other men as pastors around the island of Crete. The multiplicative growth of Christianity depends upon our adherence to this precedent, that you're not just getting enough people to check the box, walk the aisle, pray the prayer. You're sending them out now to go and share the gospel. So review this content with them. I've already provided a resource for you in Behold the Harvest. Okay, go through Behold the Harvest with them. Watch those sermon series with them. And then that, let that be a primer on how to share their faith. Go through this series, Sacred Conversations. Uh, you know, if, if that you believe suits them better. But those are, those are two free resources right there that will help them share the gospel. So don't complete the work until the work is completed. Don't think of the process as complete until this person has been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's part of the Great Commission. And they likewise have been sent out to make other disciples. The multiplicative factor of evangelism is what leads from an isolated story of one person being saved to a move of the Holy Spirit that grows multiplicatively and is incalculable. It's transformative. It's earth-shaking. It all depends on what happens after they have confessed Jesus as Lord. May they then go and lead others to Christ too.